It is good for the Miller family to be back. Yeah, we're, we're, we're glad to be back. Let me tell you, we, if you did not know, we, we have four children, and our oldest one uh, just got married last Sunday afternoon. And we were, we, were, we were so blessed to go to Puerto Rico. You know, uh, Sabelle is from Puerto Rico, and uh, I was able to do the wedding, and I had a translator. Let me tell you, I'm an international wedding officiator now, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, I was, I, was, I was something. Let me tell you, it, it was so fun. I, we had Paul and Jessica and Jonathan and Sue and... You know, we had a crew, Ashley and Mark and and uh, Jeff and Debbie, that's right. But they did not ride in the van. We got a 15-passenger van. And the first night that we were there, of course, we, we had no clue of where to go. And if you would go, like, from here to Keller, it would take, like, 20 minutes instead of five because the roads are so small. And, and really, you know, common sense says the person that lives there should drive the van. Well, that fell to Sabelle. Let me tell you, if you think that we wandered away from God during that trip, we did not. Being in the van with Sabelle driving in Puerto Rico roads, we were, oh, Jesus, it's like sweet on my lips. God, everybody in the van had to sway, you know, oh, you know. And so finally, we, we found the right mix, and Paul took over the driving responsibilities, and, and Jessica was the navigator, and she was more than that. She was the encourager. You're doing well. You're doing well. Turn here. Turn here. Turn here. You're doing well. You're doing well. Nothing like a wife that encourages. And uh, we had a great time, and uh, I, I can say that about Savelle because they're on their honeymoon right now, and... Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not watching <laughs> Facebook. Uh, I'm very uh, proud that Brianna did such a great job. And she did a great job. Let's go right. Last week we were getting ready for the uh, wedding, and Gwen and I were in the hotel watching that, just laughing. And she brought up guys, and I don't know if she planned that out, but it kind of looked like those guys are going, oh, well, now what do I do? do? was like, took part in the sermon, but uh, we're just so glad to be back, and we missed you guys, and uh, as Thanksgiving comes closer, we're just, you know, thinking of all the things that we're thankful for, and hopefully you are too. Uh, this week, and I've asked Gwen to speak, and uh, hopefully next week on the Holy Spirit, why don't you come and, and give us, if we talked about this, yeah, give her a hand, and as God has been placing things on our life, uh, sometimes, you know, I've learned that uh, one voice is good, but two voices are better. And so what is going to bring the message about the Holy Spirit today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be back with you today. Um, some of you that you, you've been checking in on Facebook and liking our family photos and all that sweet stuff. But we're having a reception this Saturday for Luke and Sabelle. Love to have you here. We want to include all of our church family uh, stateside. So um, jump in next next Saturday at 2 o'clock. Come right right here to the church and be a part of that fun event. Well, let's play, pray and get started. Um, I feel like I might be a little hot and I'm, I'll, I'll get warmed up and I won't be quite this subdued. So we might need to turn it down just a little. 
Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come before your word. And um, I just thank you, Lord, that there's more. That there's more in you. Thank you, Lord, that no matter if we've known you since we were children and we followed you for 20, 30 years, there's more. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would reveal to us the depth of your spirit. I pray, Father, that there would be a, a fresh word for each person today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, today we're going to talk about a few things, um, so let's dive into Scripture. Um, I, if you haven't checked in on Facebook, I recommend you do that on Sunday. Check in, let your friends know that you're here, invite them, and then put it on airplane mode. Go to your Bible app and, so that you're not distracted. You know, the attention that you give to the word that you hear determines your amount of breakthrough and the amount of ingested word that you're able to receive for example someone over here that comes with a real expectation ready to receive the word of god it, it, and just dives into worship and and just makes the words on the screen their own is going to have a completely different experience than someone over here you know, might be over here or there, what, but someone in another part of the sanctuary that comes in with all these blockades, aggravated, irritated, disgusted, uh, you know, just all kinds of things. There's going to be blocks, and they won't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. They won't hear God speaking to them. Why? Well, it isn't God's problem, right? He's speaking to this person just as he is to that person, but it's the level of openness, spiritual openness to uh, the situation to the teaching so I encourage you to be open and if maybe you have followed the Lord for many many years maybe you grew up in a spirit-filled church we're going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit today how he is our helper and comforter maybe you grew up and you think wow this is awesome but I really I got this there's more maybe you're fairly new to a spirit-filled church um, and you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't know where to begin. There's so much I don't know. There's something for you today. So wherever you are, God wants to speak to you a personal word. And um, I, I encourage you, there's going to be quite a bit of scripture that we cover. So you might want to just jot down a few notes and go back and read some of these things in their entirety. Um, that's what I do a lot of times when John preaches on Sunday. He'll, he'll mention a few scriptures or whatever. And I'm thinking, I wonder who that who God was talking to in that that passage you know he may just pull something and so I want to go back and read and get more out of it so you might want to do that as well so we're going to be speaking today we're going to be discussing you and I are going to have a dialogue you're you're thinking you're you're conversing as as I uh, preach this morning and we're going to talk about the the advantages of being filled with a spirit the advantages there are distinct advantages to being filled up Filled up with the Holy Spirit. Distinct advantage, advantages mentioned in Scripture. For example, if you're struggling with addiction, there's a distinct advantage for being filled with the Spirit. There can be a freedom in your life that you've never known. Did you know that you were created for freedom? That's why there is such a problem with addiction in the church. There is a problem with addiction in the church. There's a problem with addiction to alcohol. There's a problem with addiction to uh, sexual vices, pornography. Those problems exist in the church 
But they don't have to. You and I individually can determine where we fall on this. And a lot of it has to do with being filled with the Spirit. Now listen, if you've been raised in church a number of years, you're going to think I'm talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. In Acts 2, we see the precedent. Jesus actually spoke, and we're going to look at his words in a minute. Jesus actually spoke in John 14, and he's telling the disciples and his followers about the advantages, about how it's going to be great that the Holy Spirit comes and that he goes away. And he doesn't speak about tongues. However, when the Holy Spirit came back into the earth, see, sin caused the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament Hopefully next week we'll have the opportunity to track some of the working of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. It's fascinating. But the Holy Spirit has been here since creation, and he's operating in the world. Well, when man sinned, the Holy Spirit was no longer just operating in humankind. He was, a, he was pretty much uh, limited to operate on the prophets and various ones. And God, see, God's plan is always to work through a person in the earth. He doesn't send angels to do his work. He's interested in working through people. That means you. So see, that's why it's important for us to know these things. So Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to come, the Comforter is going to come, and it's good that I go away because the Holy Spirit is going to come and we're going to look at Jesus' words on that today. But he didn't necessarily just mention tongues. Now, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and came back into the earth, the Bible tells us that, that there was a, a group of people, about 120, that's about what we have on a low attendance any given Sunday in this building, about 120. So it wasn't the amount, the number of people, 120 people had gathered. Jesus had told them to go and wait until... Um, they received the promise of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit did come, and there was evidence, initial evidence, of his appearing as tongues of fire uh, sat on each of them. Um, again, I don't, I don't know what that looked like. You know, we've seen uh, scriptural or maybe biblical art, biblically-based art, and you see little fire uh, tongues on their heads. And we don't really know exactly what that looked like, but it said that the evidence of them being filled with the Spirit was that they began to speak in tongues. Now, they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So they spoke, the Spirit gave the utterance. So we'll dive into that maybe another time. I encourage you to go read Acts chapter 2. Today, I'm going to, to speak to you about a little bit of a, a different angle on this. The initial evidence of the Spirit-filled life following salvation. In Scripture, we see there are two experiences here. Um, first, the initial salvation, right? Asking Jesus into our heart. Our heart. What's that? Our spirit. Jesus dwells in you, in your spirit. Not in your pumper, not in your blood pump, any more than he could dwell in your brain or in your kidney. But he dwells in your heart, your core. You are a spirit being. And he dwells in, in your spirit. And he comes to live and abide in you. So that's the, uh, that's the first experience we have with Jesus. 
And then there's a second experience that Jesus talked about, we're going to look, look at today, where the Holy Spirit fills our life to the full. The initial evidence is speaking in tongues, and then there's some other evidences I want to show you today. Are you ready for that? I love this stuff. I love this stuff. I like speaking on the practical, you know. I like speaking about self-control and discipline and, and I'm, you know, diet and uh, the words of your mouth, all of that, because I need it. This is a little different flavor today. I need you to open your spirit eyes as we talk about the things of the spirit. You want to have ears to hear as we talk about the things of the spirit. You know what? Let me just say this. You can understand a lot of things in here that you don't understand up there. Can you just yield to that today? There's a lot of things I don't understand going on in our world right now. <laughs> but I'm okay on in here. Okay? So even if you have to go and study some of these things a little further, amazing. You, you go do that. The Lord wants to reveal things to you. Don't leave here today. If you have a few questions, don't leave here thinking, I'm so frustrated with the questions. Oh, no. Now you've got a whole nother track to take. God wants to reveal himself to you. Never stop at the questions. We're going to look at advantages of being filled with the Holy Spirit um, and also the, the advantages of continually being filled. That's what we're going to camp on, continually being filled. Now, I mentioned to you that being filled with the Spirit can help with addictions like alcohol, drugs. What about this? Anger. You might be addicted to anger today and you don't even recognize the fact that when things happen in your life, you've got to take control and you act in anger to family members. You act in anger to yourself by maybe binge eating. You see, there are some addictions. Remember I mentioned it a minute ago. God wants the spirit-filled person to dwell in these, in these seats. And then what we want to do is go out and, and take deliverance to the world. You and I need to be filled with the Spirit, not just have a prayer language, how wonderful. I wouldn't trade a prayer language. But he wants you to be filled up, filled up with, with his Spirit, working in you and through you. This church should be a place, this is what we want. John and I want this, a place where people not only get the knowledge of God, but that there is an experience with God. Have you ever had someone explain something to you? Maybe, maybe something, Lisa and I sometimes we'll talk about recipes and all. You know, we'll talk about recipes and, and we share recipes when we're, you know, ever at each other's house or whatever, you know, she'll make something and show me her new recipe or whatever. Have you ever had someone just describe a recipe to you and after a minute you're like, okay, when am I coming on over to your house? Because I've heard enough. <laughs> I'd like to experience this. That's what this church should be, a place where people not just hear about God, but that there is an experience. And I, I want to set you free today if you're sitting there today thinking, I just don't want to be a freak. I don't want to be a fanatic. You don't have to be anything that you don't want to be. And the Holy Spirit is not a pusher. You must yield to him. Um, I happen to be, if my, my family members at home, they would probably call me a bit of a fanatic. But hopefully when I'm around you, you're not like, yeah, she's scary. She's weird. She's strange. I don't really think that's the great, greatest witness. She, he or she's scary, strange. I talk to him and I'm not really sure what we discussed when I'm finished. I don't think that that's spiritual. I think that that is strange. But what if there were people, what if there were men and women that were so filled with God? People might not really know because they're not saying, hey, I'm filled with God. By the way, 
I'm filled with God. I'm spirit-filled. So filled. Hallelujah. What if there were just some normal acting people that you just wanted to be around and you didn't know why? They don't use hallelujah as a slang word. You know, they're not just saying Jesus, Jesus all the time. They're just, there's something deeper than that. That's what you and I are looking to discover, how to be so filled with his spirit. You and I are not limited. I want you to look at John 14, 16. We are not limited to things around us. We're not limited to circumstances. We're not limited to what we know or what we don't know. You may have met a few people in life that they think they know quite a bit. In fact, maybe they think they know just a little bit about everything. In reality, the Holy Spirit is the one that knows everything about everything. Get this, guys. Talk about the practical. He knows everything about technology. A group of college students were surveyed and they, they were asked, do you think God understands the workings of, of internet and um, modular activity between spaceships? And these, the, do you think he understands that? And they were a little bit confounded and were sure he didn't. See, God knows everything. That The knowledge of, of those things came from Him. He knows everything, and He lives inside you. He knows everything about baking cupcakes. Well, well that, that's, that's funny, but if you were a baker, it would matter to you. You need an edge. You need something unique out there that not, not every baker has. He knows everything about the real estate business. He knows everything about parenting. Whoa. One of the titles of the Holy Spirit is the helper. But do you know, you've got to actually want help to receive help. Are there, are there things in our life that we've said, well, I really, I got this part. Now, I need the Lord and working with him or her, I need him. But now with this over here, I got this. Listen, there's a level of humility that will cause us to operate in power when we know we need divine help. We need divine help. You see, I've been around a few years, and uh, I've, I've got a few more years ahead of me. Some of you are a little far, farther ahead in the, the life uh, journey than I am. But wherever you are in all of this, we need a helper, I guarantee you. So let's look and, and see what Jesus said in John 4 to us earlier today about obedience. I want to make a point here. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. How do we know we love him? The, is it the, the person that's got the, the sway in worship? And, I, you know, I got my sway. Um, is it the person that, that you know, you, you look at in church and they always just look like they're on top of everything. They've got, you know, they're, they're on top of things in their lives. This says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So let's move on. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Let's unpack what Jesus said. Are you staying engaged? Watch the screen and let's look what scripture said. Maybe we went through here and you, you, you're thinking, now what did I just read? Let's unpack it, shall we? This is what you do in your daily Bible reading too. When you come across things, you don't just want to keep reading. Oh yeah, I've, I've got four more verses and I'm done with the chapter. If you don't understand what you read, slow down and pray. Ask the Lord, show me, Lord. 
Back it up. Read slow. You might only get two sentences. That's okay. That's okay. Read it. Ask the Lord to, to show you what he's saying there. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. Another version says helper. Comforter and helper. That he, notice it says he, not it. Sometimes when talking about the Holy Spirit, people will say it. You know, because they're thinking, I, I think oftentimes they're thinking of an experience they had with the Holy Spirit. So they'll say, it was just amazing. The Holy Spirit, it's just amazing. We will, what Jesus is saying here is that there's a person in the Holy Spirit. So he may abide with you forever. Did you know that when Jesus comes to dwell in you and the Holy Spirit invades your life, this is at salvation, he never leaves you. Or forsakes you. He abides. This word, if you were to look it up in the Greek, there's a couple of things that the word abide means. It means to live, lodge, settle inside. Settle down really, but I said settle inside. To settle. So he abides with us. How long? Forever. Now, oftentimes people will leave him. You know, people leave God, leave the things of God. But he doesn't, he doesn't leave them. He lives and abides forever. Look at this. The spirit of truth, Jesus said, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, the people in the world, I just got to tell you today, I just want to congratulate you for being at church today because I'm going to let you know something. You have a distinct advantage. You have an advantage. Jesus said... The spirit of truth that the world cannot receive. Why? Because they don't see. They can't see it. If they can't see it, touch it, taste it, if it doesn't appeal to their five senses, it's not real to them. But you and I, as people that are discovering the things of God, we have the spirit that lives within us. What an advantage. The world doesn't have it, but we have that. So that's just amazing. But you know him, for he dwells with you, Jesus said, and will be in you. Jesus was talking to them before he went to the cross and died and was resurrected. He said, he said, the spirit has been with you because I've been with you, right? So the Holy Jesus was a perfect example of a spirit filled man, spirit filled man. So he was our example. Jesus said, the spirit has been with you. He's been working with you as I've been with you in ministry for the last three years. But now he, he's coming and he'll be in you. And Jesus was speaking about, you know, a month and a half, I don't know, six weeks until his death and resurrection. And then after that, 50 days or so until the day of Pentecost. So he's speaking to the spirit coming. He's telling them about the spirit coming. And he said, remember, I told you that he says in another place, it's good that I go away because the spirit can be in you. I've been with you. The Spirit's been with you since I've been here. Did you know that when you go to work, the Spirit is with those people because the Spirit's in you? He's not in them. Let's, let's don't judge them. Let's don't judge them. But you and I are taking the Spirit wherever we go, just as Jesus did. The Spirit with people. Oh, I love that concept. He's so good. He's not mad at your neighbor. He's not mad at your cousin boss. He loves them. He's just sending you there. And that there should be something about you. They just don't know what. That they want to be in your, in your area. Hanging out at your cubicle. cubicle. Alright. So, one final thing. It says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I want to speak to that right quick. If you're fatherless today, you've termed yourself fatherless. You are no more. Jesus said, 
I will not leave you orphans. Do you sense that, that, that belonging, that feeling of belonging? Maybe you're here today and there's just an ache in the inside because of something that was not done or that was done against you by your parents. You have a new father. He is your father. He will not leave you as orphans. He'll not leave you fatherless or comfortless. Don't we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit in these days? All right, well, now let's look at Acts 4.31. I want you to go there with me. Let's talk about one of the advantages of being spirit-filled. Filled up, filled up. How would you know, if you didn't look at the gas gauge, how would you know that your gas tank is full? You'd know your gas tank is full if you pulled up to the pump and you put in the nozzle and the gas started coming back out. The mouth of that tank. We're talking about being filled with the Spirit, not an experience, but being filled with the Spirit. Okay? Initial evidence, yes. And then what beyond that? Acts 4.31, I want to give you the, the background here. John and Peter had just been in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, and then they began going out into the community they began to, to preach and teach. The Bible tells us that over 5,000 were saved. And so they're out there preaching and teaching. And there was some unrest in the government. You see, there had been a cover-up. Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. And there were many that did not believe that he was the Son of God. And they did not want anyone to know he, was, well, he died as a criminal, right? In the eyes of many people, he died as a criminal. And the government was covering the whole truth up because if Jesus had been resurrected, then he was who he said he was. He was Lord. He was Savior. So they were covering up the whole resurrection thing in order to keep a, a bit of control in the community. So here, all of this is going on. Lots of unrest with the Roman government. Peter and John were out and they were preaching and teaching. And the authorities came and arrested them. They were arrested. They were brought before the authorities. And the council began to question, interrogate, and give them a bit of, of warning, saying, you cannot preach and teach Jesus any longer. So they were there. Uh, they're, they're before the government council. There's all this pressure. Peter says in, chap in verse 8 of this chapter, Peter, it says this, Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak. Not in tongues. Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he had spoken in tongues on the day of Pentecost, you know, earlier, he, it, earlier in the day. And so he had, had been filled with the Spirit. But what's he doing now? He's speaking before the council. And then he leaves that place and he goes to a prayer gathering. There were a lot of Christians praying because of the unrest in the government. There was a lot of pressure. So they did what Christians often do. When there's pressure, they pray. It's a good thing. They began to pray. They're praying over their government. They're praying. Many of them were looking to, they, they didn't know, but you know, the, in the coming days, a lot of arrest would take place. A lot of tension. A lot of, a lot of government pressure. So there's some fear there. People are praying. But they're praying with a level of power. They're praying in this gathering, and as Peter is there, he says, we see this in, in verse 31. Um, it says, and when they had prayed, who's all there praying? A bunch of Christians. 
Yeah, a bunch of Christians. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. And they were all, would you say all? All all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, they may have spoken in tongues too, but they spoke the truth with boldness. What's one of your advantages for being filled with the Spirit? Boldness. I did not say arrogance. I did not say an in-your-face attitude. I did not say confrontation for confrontation's sake. But I did say boldness. Boldness. Wow. One of the evidences of being filled with the Spirit is boldness. And who was filled? They all were. The Holy Spirit is not denominational. Oftentimes people think if I go to a Spirit-filled church, a Pentecostal church, and that term, by the way, Spirit-filled is really over, over, overused because a Spirit-filled, you know, you might hear things like, um, did you hear about that pastor who ran away with a building fund and, uh, you know, skipped the county with all the church's money, and he was Spirit-filled. Not that day he wasn't. And not many days previous. So being spirit-filled, there's going to be some evidences beyond tongues. There are going to be some evidences of a spirit-filled life. So we see here it was boldness. Now let's, let's, go, let's go next to this, uh, another scripture in Acts. Read the book of Acts. I'm telling you guys, we ought to be acting and operating in the same power that we see in the book of Acts. It's amazing. We see, you know, before we had seen Jesus raising people from the dead in the Gospels, we see Jesus doing all manner of miracles in, in the Gospels. And then you go to Acts, and these people are doing it, right? These Christians are doing the very same thing. They're raising people from the dead. They're, they're going, they're getting arrested. Many of them died for their faith because of their boldness. A government that was honing in on them and telling them, you dare not speak the truth. We see many of them ending up giving their lives for the gospel's sake. What boldness. What boldness. We're going to need that, aren't we? We're going to need that more and more in our lives. And so Acts 13 verse 52 says this. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Look at that. The disciples. This is chapter 13. Well, these disciples had already been in the upper room. This does not say filled with the Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. They've already received that. But this says that the disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this. Let's see what Scripture says. Let it speak to you. Filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I present to you the fact that there are some opposite spirits to joy. And we've often termed them or thought because it happened in a church setting or because it happened among Christians that it was the Holy Spirit. You know, remember when I said habits of anger? What about habits of sadness and grief in such a way that we even, we want others to be sad and grieved or we're not really happy? You know, have you ever, I just want you to be aware, to be filled with the Spirit continually includes joy in the process. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be joy. It doesn't mean you're going to like every situation or that there's going to be all this happiness. Happiness and joy can be two very different things. But the fact that 
these disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. Evidence of the Spirit-filled life will be joy. There, you, we won't separate those two today, right? We're going to take the Bible at what we, at just as we read it. We're going to take it as what it says, as our truth. The Holy Spirit, evidence of the Holy Spirit is a joy-filled life. Not sadness, not anxiety, not depression, but joy. Now, you have to yield to joy. You have to yield to joy. And I'm going to show you, again, we're going to, I'm, we're going to go step by step here. We're going to talk about some things that, that we can do to operate in conjunction with the moving of the Spirit in our lives. You see, I, I just, I'm so excited to tell you this. He doesn't just want you to come here on Sundays and feel good and go home. I'm so glad. He's better than that. He wants you to encounter Him on a regular basis. He wants to not just be with you, but be in you. He wants to bubble up inside you and tell you things you didn't know about your job. There was a man in the Old Testament, his name was Othniel, and the Bible said he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. That was only in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, he was filled with the Spirit, and the Bible says to judge Israel. A Spirit-filled judge. I'm excited about that. God has a plan for you. You may not be a judge. You may be a businessman. You may work from home. Whatever you're doing, God has a plan for you to be so filled with Him. Now listen, oftentimes Christians have missed the, the amazing depth of what God does because they're looking for the spectacular. You know, maybe if you were raised in a charismatic or a Pentecostal church, I am very grateful that I was raised in a Pentecostal church, but if you weren't, there's no disadvantage for you no disadvantage. I'm not ahead of you. If you got saved yesterday, I am not ahead of you in the game. You can get there. And depending on how you apply yourself, you can get there very fast. So there's no disadvantage. But if you were raised in, in the workings of the Holy Spirit, you may have seen some amazing things that were spectacular. Some, some things that you're like, wow. And so maybe you're thinking, hey, I heard about my aunt when she was filled with the Spirit. She just ran around a room. Okay. And I just don't feel that I've ever had an experience like that. Again, I say, okay. You can be filled with the Spirit without the spectacular. In fact, there are, I, I know of some that have had a spectacular experience with the Holy Spirit, and they are not sitting here today. So let's differentiate. We want to experience Him, but we want to experience Him in depth and breadth for the long haul that He so fills our lives. Are you ready to find out how? How could that happen? How could that happen? It had to be something more than on the day of Pentecost when they were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. There had to be something more for them to leave there and evangelize, actually take the gospel to all of the then known world. So what was it? How do we, how are we to be continually filled? I encourage you, 
if you have, you know, if you've been filled with the Spirit with your prayer language, please, one of the major reasons for having the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is the fact that it helps us in our prayer life. Have you ever tried to pray in English for very long? Let's be honest, shall we? Let's be really honest. Facebook, whoever's out there, we're going to be really honest. Share this with your friends. So, if you're praying and you run out of something to say after about 10 minutes, you're normal in English. But what if you had a connection with the Holy Spirit and you could bypass the things in your head? Because there's some stuff sometimes up there swimming, right? About stuff in our lives, paychecks, stimulus checks or not. You know, those kinds of things. And your brain gets to, to swimming. But if we could pray in the Spirit from, from our spirit and bypass all that in our brain, well, you could, you could pray a little longer. And then what if you thought of something as you're praying in tongues and you thought of something that you wanted to bring to the Lord? Well, say that in English and then go off in the Spirit again and pray why. Romans tells us that we pray in tongues, we, we pray in the Spirit and we pray, those, we pray for those things because we don't know how to pray. We do know how to pray, but as we ought, it says. We don't know how to pray for them as we ought. You ever tried to pray, somebody when, pray for someone when you're angry at them? You probably are not praying as you ought. But you can pray as you ought. Maybe you're even praying over ourselves sometimes. Have you ever been the type to pet yourself? I think we've all done this. And we're telling God about you know, how everybody's done us wrong. And so, but if we were to pray in tongues, there would be such a strength that would come in there. And that victim mentality would be out. And there would be such an inward resolve. So yes, pray. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Um, I'll guide you that, to that next week, shall we? We're go going to talk about those things. But today, we're talking about other evidences of the Spirit-filled life. Let's look at Ephesians 5, 18 to I think it's 20, but Ephesians 5, let's go there, shall we? I'm going to pull the King James Version, the original King James here, because it, it says some things that I think we, we want to get real clarity on. So the disciples in Acts 13, 52, it says that they were continually filled. Let's talk about how. Okay, so you were made for freedom. You know that, right? That's why if there's ever a dominating force in your life or you feel hemmed in, you're not supposed to be hemmed in. You're supposed to be free. You were made to be free. Not rebellious, there's a difference, but free. You can be free if you're in a jail cell, did you know that? So you were made, you were created for freedom. We're going to look at that a little bit here. Um, Ephesians 5, 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I want to take you back to Acts chapter 2 and just reference it right quick. When they came down from the upper room after being filled with the Spirit and they were speaking in tongues, the people that were out on the street said this. They said, These people are drunk. And, you know, again, I, I, I submit to you the fact that when they were speaking in tongues, uh, if, if someone was to walk in here and they're speaking in French, we're not going to say they're drunk. It wasn't the tongues that made them appear drunk. What were they doing? Laughing, probably. A little joy. Laughing. What do, what do drunk people do? Some of you know. <laughs> and some of you should. Some of us should. Didn't that feel good? Didn't that feel good? To just laugh about it. What do drunk people do? 
They, they sway, somebody said. They laugh. What do, what do drunk people do? They sing. They sing. They sing. What do they sing about? Nothing. They make up their own songs. See, addiction in itself is not the problem, ladies and gentlemen. It's what you're addicted to and what your source is. You were created for joy. We're not going to go, we're not going to be able to skirt around that. It's how you were created. I'm speaking to those of you that are dealing with addictions in your life. It's what you're filled with. He wants to free you up. So you are so addicted to the things of God. So here they are. And um, they, they come out of the upper room and people think they're drunk. And, and what, what is said then? They are not drunk. We're not drunk as you suppose. They didn't say we're not drunk. They didn't say we are not drunk. How dare you? They said, these are not drunk as you suppose. They were drunk. All right, Ephesians 5, 18 to 19. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the... Be filled with the Spirit. Okay, if we look at other versions, it says, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living. Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin you, another version says. But you can be so filled. See, you see, for someone to get drunk, they have to take a drink. Not just one drink. Spread out with a lot of time and then another drink. I'm talking to you about being filled to the overflow with the Holy Spirit. I haven't been drunk before, but I can tell you this. I've read enough about it, all right? And some of you have told me some of your good stories about how you're free now. You've told me some of your freedom stories, but there has to be a drink on purpose and then another drink and then another drink and then another drink. It's on purpose that we continue down that road. What about being filled with the Spirit? Some people come into places like this and they're afraid that something's going to jump off on them. It doesn't work that way. And if you're here today and you're thinking, I don't want to act like her, you don't have to. She's just free. Leave her alone. Let her go. But... It, what we're seeing here is that there, there's an evidence of being so filled with his spirit, and then there's a way that you and I can maintain and stay continually filled, and it'll be drinking on purpose from the living well. It'll be, and let's look at what that looks like. Let's go on in Ephesians, all right? But be filled with the spirit, speaking to yourselves. Speaking to yourselves. In other versions, it'll say speak to one another. Well, if I'm speaking to you, Am I also hearing it? Yeah, I can't speak to you without speaking to me. But I want to take the King James Version. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, to you and I today that want to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a life of worship that causes us to be continually filled. Let's look at this. The power of your words in confession as you speak and go about your day, as you speak to yourself. Some of you, you need to watch what you're saying to yourself. You're saying things like, I'm stupid, I can't do this, I'm a horrible wife, I'm a terrible employee. I'm going to get fired or whatever. There's all kinds of things we say to ourselves. This says to speak to ourselves and it gives us things to say. In Psalms, well, maybe you're thinking, what Psalm? Go to the book of Psalms. There are plenty for you. Pull them out. 
speak to yourself in Psalms. Read the book of Psalms and begin to speak those out. You don't have to say the whole thing. Speak the Psalms to yourself. Do you want to be filled? Do you want to be back and listen to our worship set again? You can do those things. There's absolutely if infinite possibilities for you to sing spiritual songs, speaking and singing to yourself. How do we stay filled continually with the Spirit? singing and speaking to ourselves we start ourselves up oftentimes people you know in christian circles i close with this in christian circles there's often this thing. we we met together and the, show, the holy spirit he showed up when what really happened is we showed up we showed up with expectations we showed up ready to receive from him we showed up and we were so ready to invite his presence into our lives we're so open to him I encourage you, in the days ahead, be filled, filled up. It's going to have to be on purpose, one drink after another drink after another drink of his spirit. Sing, stay in his word, worship. Make sure that you live a lifestyle of worship before him, and you will be continually filled with the spirit. We have his word on it. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you taught us today about your spirit. We are so very grateful that you want to inhabit your people. That we don't just have to leave church today and leave you here in the building, but that you dwell in the hearts of your people. And Lord, you created us to dwell in you. You're in us. We're in you. There's that abiding and, Lord, in that, there's great, great power. We're so very, so very thankful. I pray, Father, for everyone under the sound of my voice that we would just commit ourselves in the days ahead to watch our words and to speak to ourselves encouraging words, to speak scripture to ourselves, to speak and to sing to ourselves, I pray. In order to stay completely filled with your spirit, singing psalms, singing encouraging hymns, Lord, declaring your goodness and your grace, living a life of thanksgiving, bringing you great glory in the earth, in Jesus' name. Amen. Great job. This morning, let me remind you to continually be in the Word of God. If you'd like to go back and watch the message again, it's on Facebook. If you're not a part of our Facebook group, uh, guarantee that we'll accept you into the group and you can uh, watch all the services that have been going on through the weeks. I think we have it back, who knew, since the beginning of time, I think. So uh, you can go back and watch those. Uh, continually process what you heard today from the Word of God. Hopefully you wrote down the passages of scriptures. Uh, meditate on the, allow God to speak in your life. Uh, in a few seconds, we're going to be dismissed. I want to encourage you to be givers. Uh, the ushers are standing in the back, uh, not to intimidate you before you get out the door, but because during this time, we're not going to pass the plate, uh, part of the, I guess, safety regulations or whatever. So we're not going to do that, but we always give you an opportunity to be givers. You can also give online. Uh, at our website, chapelassembly.org. If this is your first week, we encourage you to write out a visitor's card that's in the seat in front of you. You can sit right there and uh, turn it in at the back. We'd love to just kind of uh, get to know you and, and maybe even, uh, I believe that we have some gifts back there for those that are visiting. 
and uh, we just uh, want to keep you informed. We have a, a ladies group that meets during the week, the Craft Connection, and they're having a great time. Not this week? Recess, but they, any time that I'm down here, I get spooked when they come in on Thursday night and somebody's in the building. And uh, Anyway, let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you, Father, for a wonderful day. That again, as, as we put the word of God in front of us, that, Father, that we can see and we can apply it to our lives. That we're not just hearers of your word, but we're doers of your word. And therefore, God, that we can be overcomers in this world. Father, again, I pray for our country. God, that you would give us peace. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for coming today. Have a wonderful day.